Grand Fanfare welcome to our podcast, Keeping Up With The Windsors, dedicated to the royal family. Each episode will be crammed to the rafters with opinions, news and commentary on the comings and goings of the family of Windsor. With your hosts and royal fangirls, Rachel Andrews and Michelle Thole. So grab yourself a cuppa, straighten up your tiara, shine your knighthood, round up your corgis and let's keep up with the Windsors. Hello and welcome to this week's Keeping Up the Windsors. I'm Rachel. And I'm Michelle. Oh, sure. We've got a lot of royal news this week, haven't we? Yes, we do have royal community. Be prepared. This is going to be one of those episodes that is jam-packed, full of engagements. It's been a very busy week and we really are keeping up with the Windsors this week. I think they're getting in all the engagements before their summer holidays. <laughs> yeah, and it seems like everything's happening as well. There's lots of other things going on. Like, for instance, we will be chatting about the NHS turning 75. And that would normally be a thing, would it? But it was a big thing this week. So that's extra stuff that's happening. And we've got Wimbledon. You know, it's all coming, Royal Community, <laughs> in this week's episode. It is jam-packed. Royal Community, a few episodes ago, we said that we were very hot because we were having heat wave here in the UK. And now it's miserable outside. And this is why British people always complain about the weather. <laughs> well, apparently, Rach, hold on to your hats because there's a heat wave coming. Oh, I actually like it when it's hot. So I'm looking forward <laughs> to this heat wave. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> it will get me prepared for my holiday. Yeah. You need to have like a pre-tanning situation <laughs> used to the heat exactly exactly (laughs) so royal community shall we head on over to the royal roundup for this week yeah let's do it we're starting off with the elephant family engagement we saw the king and queen camilla celebrating the 20th anniversary of the elephant family this is a charity that was founded by camilla's brother mark shand and their majesties presented the mark shand awards and the tara award and rach the tara award was named after mark's elephants i Now, these awards are to recognise contribution to protecting Asian wildlife. Listen, it's no surprise that the Mark Shand Award was given to the Real Elephant Collective, which is the TREC. Now, they're a community of 70 people from the Ningrili hills of Tamil Nandua in southern India. I'm so sorry if I've mispronounced that. Um, Who were responsible for the 125 amazing Lantana elephant sculptures and raising £20 million for charity. And you know what? Those Lantana elephant sculptures, Rach, were viewed by 4 million Londoners at Royal Parks in June and July in 2021. And we were two of those 4 million. We were. It was amazing to see them up close because you don't realise the actual little details that go into these elephants and they were pieces of art weren't they they were and everything was done with the craftsmanship of this amazing community and also we didn't realize this until we turned up but they had like birds and stuff on top of the elephants it wasn't just oh there's an elephant there's an elephant but it was like we- a scene from the lion king wasn't it <laughs> what's the scene from the lion king not really royal community we'll keep going over there <laughs> um, but we do actually have our YouTube video on the elephants that we saw in Green Park. So I'll pop a link in the show notes for you if you want to have a look at our YouTube video, which we recorded. It was probably one of our first ones, wasn't it, Rachel, that we recorded? It was. So we might seem a little bit nervous on camera. Don't judge. Especially me. <laughs> also, during this engagement, they met Gemma Collins. 
Yay! <laughs> Gemma Collins is like one of those celebrity what, reality star, isn't she? A reality star here in the UK. She was from Towie, wasn't she? Yeah, the only way is Essex for people that don't know. <laughs> and she was actually talking to Camilla about their adopted animals, which I just loved. Yeah, but I thought this is a bit hypocritical of her to be there and for her to be curtsying and bowing to the king and the queen, considering she was saying not too long ago, what's the point of the royal family? So <laughs> I was just like, okay, love, you carry on. <laughs> yeah, but you know what, Rach? I think her being there is proof of why the royal family are so good. So maybe actually this has changed her mind slightly. Who knows? Let's move on to the Duke of Kent. The Lawn Scots, Peel, Dufferin and Halton Regiment have dedicated the drums of their regiment by naming them HRH, the Duke of Kent's drums, in recognition of his commitment as their longest serving colonel in chief. Now, a drumhead service is traditionally held in the battlefield, which sees the regiment's drums placed on top of each other to form an altar. And the service dates back to the 1700s, where this was to provide soldiers a place to reflect, seek guidance and remember when they couldn't travel to church. This was a big deal. Yeah, this was a big deal. And it made the socials, which I was so happy to see. Yay! The Lawn Scots of an infantry regiment in the Canadian Army Reserve and the Duke of Kent was appointed Colonel in chief in 1977 and presented the current colours of the regiment during a visit to Ontario in 1991. I was so happy this made the socials. So yeah, more of that uh, content, please. We saw the Duke of Edinburgh visited Northern Ireland this week and we saw him on numerous engagements as Colonel of the Battalion of Two Rifles. Edward met riflemen and families of personnel currently deployed and on the same day he held the Duke of Edinburgh Award celebrations at Hilborough Castle, welcoming over 140 young people who have accomplished finishing the award scheme. Now, the next day, Edward visited Garva Forest to hear about the park's new mountain bikes and walking trails. Trails, then met members of the Royal British Legion at the village's war memorial and visited Muzzenden's temple to hear a choral performance. And the temple was originally built in the 1700s as a library. Now, these are some very busy engagements for Edward in Ireland, Rach. This is brilliant. This is absolutely brilliant. And again, covered on the Royal Family Twitter, which I love to see. I think they put a story on their Instagram. As we always say, bring on more content of Edward and Sophie. We love to see it. We love to read about what they're doing. Yeah, just really nice to see Edward on the socials. It was nice when he was talking to some of the children. He was actually doing sign language. We hear about all different languages that the royals speak, but they also can perform British sign language as well. So do you know that moment in like Miracle on 34th Street when Santa Claus starts oh, signing? Yeah. The little girl has such an amazing ability, isn't it, to yeah. be able to converse with so many different people. Yeah, and I just actually wanted to mention a documentary I watched at the weekend called Prince Edward, Will He Change the Royals? which was on Channel 5 here in the UK. And if we can find a link, we'll pop it in the description, so make sure you have a look at that. But what was really interesting about this show is it actually showed you some of the failures that Prince Edward has. Yeah, It's a royal knockout. We've spoken about that before. And he also had his own entertainment company as well, which didn't do too well. Then he met Sophie, who had her own PR business, and she got caught up in the whole fake shake scandal. Yeah. In a way, they were comparing what Harry and Meghan probably wanted to do in the sense where they had one foot in the corporate world and one foot in the royal world. And it actually was the Queen that said to them, 
become full-time members of the working royal family and she gave them a lump sum to enable them to do that and they actually had the coronation shot of the balcony where it had Edward and Sophie and Louise and James and how years ago at the Golden Jubilee Edward and Sophie didn't even feature on the balcony so it was like how times have changed now they're an integral part of the family of the institution. I haven't watched it. I'd like to watch it, actually. It sounds very interesting. But just imagine if they didn't make that decision, Rach. Where would they be? I know. Imagine. Imagine. And who would it be? It would just be the King, the Queen, um, the Prince and Princess of Wales and the Princess Royal. We wouldn't have anyone else, would we? I know. We need more working members. (laughs) (laughs) The NHS celebrated its 75th anniversary this week, and we saw lots of engagements to coincide with this, starting with the King and Queen Camilla, who met patients and staff in Edinburgh. The Princess Royal opened the Royal Hospital for Children and Young People and Department of Clinical Neurosciences at NHS Lothian. The Duchess of Edinburgh opened a new training academy for recruits at King's College Hospital, where she unveiled a plaque. Black attack! Yay! Finally, we've got a black attack. We had the Prince and Princess of Wales who joined an NHS Charities Together tea to celebrate the people that make the NHS what it is. Now, the time old debate show. We've asked you, Royal Community, the jam, then cream debate. And Catherine says, I go with jam first and then cream. And then William says, I go with whatever's closest to me. <laughs> that sounds so much like me and my husband. My yeah. husband's so much like that, like whatever's yeah. closest. I mean, me, I'm clotted cream and jam always. The reason why, I think because clotted cream gives you a nice stable foundation to then plow as much jam on top <laughs> of it as you can. Whereas the other way around, jam, is, it moves a little bit more. So that's my kind of science behind it. So I do jam on one side, cream on the other and just stick them together like a sandwich. <laughs> do not listen to what Rachel just said. Royal community but you have to eat it as a whole that's the whole point of a scone is to eat it as a whole you eat it in half and you eat no. one half and then the other half no it's happening <laughs> we'll agree to disagree <laughs> and to finish off edwin and sophie attended a service at westminster abbey where the george cross medal that was awarded to the nhs by queen elizabeth ii in 2022 for the gallant service given to the people of the uk during the covid19 pandemic was brought to the high altar by may parsons the nurse who administered the world's first COVID-19 vaccine. We even covered this on the podcast, didn't we, Rach? When Queen Elizabeth awarded that to the NHS. So this was one of those moments where it was like a symbolic representation of the NHS and the service of the people. So I think it was lovely that Edward and Sophie went to this service. Yeah, and I think it probably would have got more coverage and they would have got more coverage if this Scottish coronation wasn't on the same day. Yeah, totally. We also saw this week a short film from Kensington Palace about pride and mental health. This was featured Prince William and volunteers from Shout and the Mixed Charities. Now, they were at Boxall Tavern, a prominent venue for the LGBTQ plus community in London. The volunteers spoke about their experiences and challenges as members of the community and also gave tips about dealing with mental health and reaching out to get support. This was teased the day before on their socials, wasn't it, and then all of a sudden it was like here's the prom video it was but what i will say is the comments were outrageous on these posts honestly there was a lot of people that were saying if you are a member of the lgbtq plus community just don't even bother reading the comments because a lot of people were saying oh i'm unfollowing you why are you being political and then loads of people come back saying it's not being political 
William said back in that speech that he gave at the Combination concert, he said, I will serve the king, the Commonwealth and the country. He's there to serve all people. We can't discriminate. He can't discriminate. Yeah. And so there was a lot of people for whatever of their own personal beliefs were saying this wasn't right to do it. But I think, why not? He's in a privileged position. This is not the first time that William has spoken out. He was actually on the cover of Attitude magazine. Which he is, was. Can you remember that? Yeah, which is one of the prominent gay magazines here in the UK. I don't know if it's in any other countries, but there are many times that he's spoken out about this. And he actually said he wouldn't mind if any of these children came out as gay, but he would be wary for them because of the position that they are in and especially the position that they have been brought into in the family that they are. Those comments go to prove that, doesn't it? Exactly, exactly. So I say bravo to William, absolutely bravo. And also bravo for the bravery of the three volunteers who were chatting to him because they were very open and honest about their experiences. So if that helps anybody and obviously offers support and guidance, there's help there. We've also had the start of Wimbledon this week and we saw Catherine make her first appearance, which was quite a shock because she doesn't normally make an appearance this early on in the competition. What was interesting is obviously we spoke about this last week is her and Roger Federer teamed up for that video about the ball boys and girls and their posts. They actually said it was great to see those people in action. And Roger Federer had such an applause, didn't he? He was going for ages. I was like, wow, okay, eight-time champion. Well, he's a legend, isn't he, in the community, in the tennis community. So hopefully we'll see her a few more times because, as we know, she is patron of the All On Tennis and Croquet Club. (laughs) Croquet, we've got to get that right, croquet. (laughs) She was also chatting to Emma Raducanu and she said that her and her father and her sister used to queue up to see if they can get tickets. I was just like, oh, oh how my gosh. have changed. Yes, look at you, girl. You've gone up in the world a little bit. And also, Shell, speaking of going up in the world a little bit, a lot of people were commenting that she's loving the uh, duchy money because she was putting a new Balmain blazer. Yeah. We also see other members of the royal family at Wimbledon. Wasn't the Duchess of Gloucester there as well? She's Duchess of Gloucester and Prince Michael of Kent, who actually celebrated his 81st birthday this week. Happy birthday, sir! Happy birthday! Amazing. And we also saw the King visit the Royal York Britannia. I love this, Rach. He was drinking, what was this, like a whiskey or a scotch or something with the sailors. I was like, yes, yeah. But did you see the loveliest interaction was there was a photo and clips shown of the king when he was, he must have been a toddler or maybe just a bit older. And there were two yachtsmen who were there meeting the king and they had looked after him on Royal Yacht Britannia back when he was a toddler. Full circle moment. Full circle. And it must be strange for him because we know that they spent many happy holidays on Royal York Britannia, didn't they? That was a place that they could really escape. There wasn't any press around. They could just be themselves. They could just be a family. Obviously, they have a whole team (laughs) looking after them, (laughs) but they're away from the gazing eye of the public. Yeah, absolutely. And, And so you can actually go aboard. It is like a museum now. So you can go aboard Britannia and pay money to see what it was like inside which I'm super excited to do next time I'm in Edinburgh absolutely so that's a quick roundup of what's going on obviously we have had other engagements but we've got two big pieces of royal news so let's move on to the royal news for this week
Let's start with the Sovereign Grant Show. This always is a bit of bone of contention every year, isn't it? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) This year's Sovereign Grant report has been released, which amounted to £86.3 million. Expenditure was £107.5 million. And this equates to £1.29 per person in the UK. That's gone up, hasn't it? That has gone up, but I still think that's quite good value for money. (laughs) I mean, take my £129. I'm completely happy with it. Go ahead. Spend it. I'm out of it. So let's break this down a little bit, because as we see all these big figures, some people might not understand what this is and what the sovereign grants mean. So let's talk about it. The king owns the crown estate, that is private property, which generates an income every year. The king surrenders those profits to the government and in return gets a cut of 25% to fund royal activities. The crown estate generated £269.3 million. That's a lot of money. (laughs) These profits are surrendered to the government. 15%, which is the core grant that the king got back, was £51.8 million. Now, the additional to make it up to the 25% was £34.5 million, taking the whole grant to £86.3 million. The royal family spent £107.5 million, a deficit of £21.2 million, where the king has had to take from the reserve where it was reduced to £20.7 million. Now, let's break down the sovereign grant. Out of the grant, the royal family spent £700,000 on the Platinum Jubilee. The government set aside £28 million, but the events generated, get ready, royal community, £6 billion pounds for the economy six billion we probably spent five billion going there right <laughs> <laughs> we did it wrong community <laughs> oh god well we spent a good couple of hundred pounds didn't we oh, easily, easily easily the second big event was queen elizabeth ii's state funeral the royal family used 1.6 million pounds from the grant but the government spent 162 million this didn't bring us much money but there was a boost to the economy around this time So the celebrations were always going to be more than what this event was. Resurfacing of Buckingham Palace is continuing and this costs £45.8 And we always know the cost of travel is always a big talking point, especially as the King and William have so much to say about sustainability and the environment. And obviously a lot of their initiatives involve these topics. At the time, Prince Charles and the Duchess of Cornwall's visit to Commonwealth Heads of Government meeting cost £187,000. The King and Queen Camilla's state visit to Germany, £146,000. The Prince and Princess of Wales visit to Boston, £48,000. William's trip to Poland to meet troops cost £40,000. The biggest rising costs were energy bills and staffing costs. Energy costs were £7.7 million, an increase of £3.2 million, although gas emissions fell by 19%, gas consumption 18% and electricity 31%. Staffing costs were £32.1 million, an increase of £4.6 million, and this is mainly from the king giving staff a cost of living bonus in the autumn and spring and a pay increase of 5 to 6% after the pandemic. Also take into account the changing of the households at the time of the accession. The report shows that Buckingham Palace has made little progress in diversifying their workforce, falling short of their 10% target. Although Kensington Palace has increased their number of minority ethnic staff, with a total of 16.3% up from 13.6% last year, whereas around 18% of the UK population is Black, Asian or another minority group. Over 2,500 engagements were carried out by members of the royal family. 
Over 95,000 guests were welcomed to the official residences, including receptions, investitures and garden parties. 2022 to 2023 was marked as the busiest year for post, with Buckingham Palace receiving 183,207 posts due to the Platinum Jubilee, Queen Elizabeth II's death and the accession. Now, if you're wondering why we haven't spoke about the coronation, that will feature in next year's report. So when you say post-race, you mean like engagements, like the, where they need to be? No, posts as in letters, cards from the general public. Oh, in like actual posts? Yeah. Oh, wow. If you sent a letter to the king, for example, when the accession happened, that counts as a post. If you've sent a Christmas card, that counts as a post. Yeah, and actually, when I was reading the Sovereign Grant, it said 8,000 posts were sent to people who turned 100. So there's 8,000 of you out there in the UK, <laughs> or might even be the Commonwealth as well. And 28 couples celebrated their diamond anniversary. Wow. I just love these statistics wow. in the Sovereign Grant. So the Sovereign Grant acts as like a kind of financial report, doesn't it? for yeah. the royal household's money and tells you what it's doing and where it's going and how it's being spent. We've spoken at length about the Sovereign Grant last year and in last year's podcast, especially what it means and why it's there. Because actually the Sovereign Grant wasn't a thing until 2012 when the Queen decided to surrender the profits to the land that was basically given to the royal's for being royal and what they do with that money. And something that I found out as well, Rach, which I found so fascinating, is the Crown Estate owns virtually all of the seabed around the UK out to about, what, I think 12 nautical miles. I think this is also known as the territorial sea limit. And that's why King Charles gave away that money from the wind farms because these wind farms have been built and the profits have been given back to the UK. But he could have pocketed that as part of the sovereign grant and he was like no give it to the public yeah it did make me wonder about the whole gas emissions and the consumption of the the gas and the electricity considering the royals don't live at buckingham palace nobody lives at windsor castle don't forget royal community at the moment buckingham palace coming up for the summer it opens to the public and windsor castle part of it is always open to the public mm-hmm. So I guess they always have to have electricity on at certain points in the day. Yeah. But it makes sense. We heard rumours a couple of weeks ago that King Charles was saying only have the heating on to a certain degree. Yeah. <laughs> the Get a jumper on. <laughs> Put another layer on. That's what I say. Yeah. But they are trying to make the royal households as net zero admissions as possible. So I think over the years they will modernise. And don't forget Buckingham Palace. The royals pay some of the money for the resurfacing, but the government pays some as well because Buckingham Palace is a state-owned property it doesn't belong to the royal family and I think sometimes that's what people forget yeah they do I think they think oh the royals own this house and that house they don't it's under the crown estate Buckingham Palace is in its seventh year out of ten for its refurbishments and when the sovereign grant was set up in 2012 it was a given that 15% of that money would go back to the royal family but because 
because of the renovations, that got up to 25% for the next 10 years. So I think in three years' time, four years' time, we'll see a real big dip in that. And who knows, fingers crossed, everything else will start settling down a little bit. I mean, £1.29 to me personally, I think that's very good value. But as we will find out very soon, not everyone likes the Royals. Yeah. (laughs) And also a point to make is that this doesn't include William's money from the Duchy of Cornwall. The Duchy has its own report. So I'm sure we'll be seeing that coming out very soon. Yeah. And don't forget, there is that switchover, as we said, between the royal households. The Queen did live at Windsor Castle in her final years and that has always been a royal residence whereas now we're seeing a lot more engagements so it's more of their office space whereas that's what Buckingham Palace used to be used for I also had a thought this is just my opinion but can you remember when we were like why is the coronation in May maybe it's because then it goes into another financial year instead of it being in all of the year of the Platinum Jubilee plus the um, accession and the funeral of Queen Elizabeth II so in my head I'm thinking oh maybe they chose it for the next financial year yeah exactly and I think again that figure of how much the Platinum Jubilee generated if anyone ever complains about how much the royals cost and how much these big events cost maybe show them that figure (laughs) (laughs) i know because london was buzzing it was it really was it really was Let's move on then. On Wednesday, the National Service of Thanksgiving and Dedication for the King and the Queen was held at St. Giles Cathedral in Edinburgh. Now, Royal Community, we're calling this the Scottish Coronation, even though that's not technically what it's called. (laughs) So if you've heard us say the the Scottish Coronation, this is what we mean. During the service, the King was presented with the Honours of Scotland. Now, these are also known as the Scottish Crown Jewels. Included in the Crown Jewels are the Crown of Scotland, an ancient scepter, and the newly commissioned Elizabeth sword and we'll talk about the sword a little bit later we had all the pomp and pageantry you'd expect from such an occasion with the honours being escorted along the Royal Mile also the people's procession this included over 100 people from various aspects of Scottish life and 700 members of the Royal Navy British Army and Royal Air Force Rachel we saw the little Shetland pony (laughs) so the Shetland pony mascot whose name is Corporal Crucian the Fourth. I'm so sorry, Scottish Royal Community, because I know I'm butchering that lovely name, who's part of the Royal Regiment of Scotland. I let out a little scream when I saw the little <laughs> Shetland pony. He is amazing. He had his tartan on. Oh my gosh, Joe, when you get that thing where you just want to squeeze something, I just wanted to squeeze the Shetland pony. I love him so much. Anyway, the King, the Queen, and the Duke of Rothsay, that's what Prince William's known as when he's in Scotland, they were wearing their Order of the Thistle robes to the service. Service. And Royal Community, as you know, the Order of the Thistle is the highest honour bestowed to a person in Scotland. Now, we were told about the Queen being bestowed her Order of the Thistle a couple of weeks ago, weren't we, Rach? Yeah, we spoke about it, didn't we? Yeah, it's the first time we actually saw her with all her robes at a service. So it was so lovely. And I just love the hat with the plume. I just love it. But a lot of people were saying, why isn't Catherine, the Duchess of Rothsay, wearing these robes? And it's because she hasn't been bestowed the Order of the Thistle yet, possibly soon, but who knows? Rach, I don't know whether you know this, but their robes was a very stark contrast to Queen Elizabeth II in 1953 because she had a lot of backlash. She turned up in a dress with a handbag looking very underwhelming 
And people were just basically saying that she wasn't taking the service very seriously. So to see the king, the queen, the Duke of Rothsay in their robes, I think they stepped up and they were like, we learned from what happened with the late queen. Let's do something else. I watched quite a few clips of Queen Elizabeth II with this service and it did look very underwhelming. I do understand why there would be a bit of criticism. Um, We had Pengate at the proclamation. We had carriage gates at the coronation. We've now got car gates. <laughs> Honestly, at the service, Queen Camilla was finding it quite hard to get out of the car. And King was like, try the other door. And the, like shouting at people to open the door. Oh, oh my gosh. You're when you're like, I don't know whether this is a comedy sketch or whether I need to take this seriously. But the camera pans to William and Lieutenant Colonel Johnny Thompson. And they were just smirking because they were <laughs> trying to hide it. It was just such a funny moment. Um, one thing I loved about this was the King played a big role in the music. And he actually commissioned five new pieces for the service. Another thing, again, that was different was the service had a section called Blessings and Greetings from representatives of faiths and belief communities. Now, this is in keeping with the multi-faith ethos and tone that the King wanted at the coronation at Westminster Abbey in May. What was great about this, there was a section um, that included blessings from a Hindu priest, a Muslim imam, a Jewish rabbi, the chief executive of the Humanist Society Scotland and a Buddhist monk. And it was just such a wonderful part of it. And it really brings it into the 21st century. But going back more historically, the Stone of Destiny was there. Now, Royal Community, we all know the Stone of Destiny is a massive thing within a coronation. It's that stone that you see underneath the coronation chair, but it actually lives in Edinburgh Castle with the Scottish crown jewels. This was brought into the cathedral for the service. So again, it is the Scottish coronation. The service, it wasn't plain sailing because there was protesters. Surprise. And they were loud. Oh my goodness me. There were protesters from the group Republic and they had a prominent spot outside the cathedral using loudspeakers shouting, not my king. And I was watching it live on BBC and it was so audible. The commentators made a few remarks like there's a protest going on and they tried to kaboo it and do something else. But it was so loud. But another protest was happening outside the Scottish Parliament building by the group Our Republic. And at present, it's being reported there were four arrests and four police warnings that were given. But I have to say, I was actually pretty glad. Well done, Royal Community, who were in Scotland. Because despite the protesters, there were a lot of royal support on the streets of Edinburgh and lots of cheers as the royal cars left the cathedral in the royal procession. Yeah, but Shell didn't, when they were shouting, not my king, it was kind of like a pantomime where people were going, oh, yes, he is. <laughs> I didn't hear that. Yeah. So, so someone I know was in Edinburgh, was on the Royal Mile and she was near protesters. And it was like, oh, no, he is. Oh, yes, he is. What? They were saying, because they were going, not my king. And people holding up plaques saying King of the Scots as well in support of King Charles and the monarchy. It was just so funny because they're going, not my king. Oh, yes, he is. I love it. It's such a British culture thing to do a pantomime yeah. skit in the middle of a Scottish coronation. Exactly. <laughs> and royal community, the royals aren't as popular in Scotland as they are probably in England. And that obviously goes back to historical times, Bonnie Prince Charles. Do your own research about that because there's a whole lot of history behind why the monarchy isn't as popular. 
Yeah. But obviously there are supporters of the monarchy in Scotland as well. The royal cars left the cathedral in the royal procession, heading to the palace of Holyrood House, whilst a 21-gun salute was given from Edinburgh Castle. And the whole event was concluded with a fly past by the brilliant red arrows. We had this iconic shot of the red arrows going over the palace of Holyrood House. And then you've got the king, queen, the duke and duchess of Rothsay just looking and the red arrows coming over so it was such a lovely end to the the proceedings i thought it was going to be longer i thought there was going to be more royal members of the family there but it was really nice and what was great was when the honors were presented to king charles he just touched them with his hand like i've accepted these yes so royal community i thought i'd give you a little bit of history about why there are possibly two coronations because you might be asking why are there two coronations and again it's not a coronation in scotland it's more of a like i say thanksgiving and dedication but we're just going to run with it and call it that the reason why there's two coronations is it's a historical nod to when england and scotland had different monarchs so when the english queen elizabeth i died without an heir the crown passed to her cousin james the sixth who at the time was the king of scotland it was at this point in 1603, the two sovereignties combined. Now, Scotland remained an independent country until 1707, hence the reason why you said there's a lot more history behind it. So go ahead and have a look at that. And then the Act of Union was passed, solidifying one sovereign for the whole of the United Kingdom. But the Scottish ceremony to mark the accession of a new monarch is still taking place as a sign of respect to Scotland's heritage and culture. Let's talk more in detail about the honours then. There's a lot more behind the Scottish crown jewels. Like they were hidden from Oliver Cromwell because he wanted to melt them all down. So have a look on the Edinburgh Castle website if you want to have more information. I'll pop the link in the description below. But I thought I'd just give you a little bit of facts at the moment, but there's way more behind it. So the Scottish crown, the crown of Scotland, is the oldest surviving crown in the UK. It has 94 pearls and 43 gemstones. The top features a decorated gold and dark blue orb adorned. I love the word adorned when it comes to jewellery. Adorned with tiny stars. And above this orb, sits a gold cross which is decorated with an amethyst and eight more pearls and it weighs 1.59 kilograms when i think about the weights i just think how many bags of sugar is that (laughs) in his current form the crown was made in 1540 for james v for the crowning of queen mary of guise now fun fact James V is the king's 13 times great-grandfather and it had been recycled from pieces from an earlier crown thought to have dated back to the reign of Robert the Bruce. This crown is so historic, Rach. When I saw it in Edinburgh Castle, it, it, it does pack a punch. It has been used in the crowning ceremonies of James V, his daughter Mary Queen of Scots, her son James VI, and King Charles I and King Charles II. More recently, the crown took pride of place on top of Queen Elizabeth II's coffin as she laid in state in Edinburgh. Heard a lot about when Queen Elizabeth II died. There hadn't been a monarch who died in Scotland in a long time. A royal fact for you, King James V was the last monarch to die in Scottish soil back in 1542 until... Queen Elizabeth II in 2022. I know. When people were saying that when she did die, I think so much was going on. I didn't really take in that. But it's a big deal, isn't it? That's hundreds of years. That's wow. 
Yeah, it is. The scepter goes back to 1494. OMG. It's rumored to have been given as a gift to James IV by Pope Alexander VI. It actually was lengthened, altered, and redesigned for James V in 1536 and honestly the amount of details that go into this scepter is amazing it's got leaves and thistles and other flowers and there's this like finale or a knob at the top of it and it's decorated with dolphins and depictions of virgin mary and then we move to the sword of state now the original dated back to 1507 and it was a gift from pope julius ii to james in 1507 but it's so fragile right it cannot be moved and can only be viewed now at edinburgh castle so in 2022 a new sword was commissioned for this ceremony and obviously subsequent ceremonies in the future designed by mark dennis at a cost of 22,000 pounds it includes Ooh. a formal of lewisham Nias, i think is how you say that and a scabbard route from persia oak is five foot in length and i can't even remember what the statistic is but it weighs a ton not a ton it weighs a lot (laughs) it's named the elizabeth sword from this point on and it will now make up the honors of scotland moving forward originally like i say the sword of state the original one is still in edinburgh castle but it will never be used for this ceremony again and i'm taking the it's called the elizabeth sword after queen elizabeth ii you got it in one range absolutely there's been a lot of backlash a lot of backlash about spending twenty two thousand pounds on a sword this has been paid by the scottish government and like i say some people do not support the monarchy in scotland and so twenty-two thousand pounds with a cost of living crisis it's a lot it is a lot but i guess it needed to have happened because it's so integral to the ceremony and i guess as well it's such an important part of scottish history yeah even if scotland did become an independent country they would still have that history there and so you would still go to a museum you would go to edinburgh castle for example and view those because they are a part of the culture and the heritage yeah nobody wants to lose that you know the past always informs the future regardless of how much you disagree with it or not the one thing i did really enjoy about the whole ceremony was the music there was a new piece of music and you can find the album i'm sure on spotify but all also on BBC Sounds, there was music going on throughout the whole of it. It wasn't just, oh, we're starting the music when the King and Queen turn up. There was like a pre-concert beforehand. It was just spectacular. So if you do have a chance, try and find the music for the Scottish coronation because it was really beautiful. And it's something I think, to be honest, Rach, I have a really affinity to the King with. He's got excellent taste in music. Yeah, he really has. Wow, such a busy week, Shell. So much has happened. Yeah, we really had to dust off our history facts for this episode, didn't we? Yeah, (laughs) dust off our history facts, our financial facts. (laughs) I'm accountants, historians, all sorts in this episode. (laughs) Gosh, we wouldn't do it for anyone else in our community apart from you. (laughs) Apart from you, definitely. A lot of people have asked me about polls on Spotify and also leaving a review on Spotify. When you go in and press 
play on the episode just scroll up on your phone and it's all there the poll for the episode and also if you want to give your thoughts or leave a review of the episode it's there on spotify it's super easy and we would honestly really appreciate it if you got involved leaving us a comment and let us know what you think about our episodes you can also review our podcast on apple Podcasts. so if you listen we'd love it if you would give us a five-star review and write why you love listening to us hopefully you do <laughs> yeah hopefully you do roll community you've come to the end i'm sure you do <laughs> as we've spoken about earlier we have a youtube channel so we'll link the latana elephant video for you but we've also got vlogs on our visits to the royal palaces and our time at the coronation and the jubilee so make sure that you check those out as well and if you'd love to become part of the vip royal community you can over on ko-fi that's four pounds or six bucks a month and that gives you a private zoom call with michelle and i and we also have a private facebook group where we talk about the Royal Stavy Show, don't we? Absolutely. And it's a wonderful community to come together because some people don't have that in their day-to-day lives. Being part of the Facebook group is a wonderful way of keeping that royal excitement alive daily. Absolutely. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. We will see you next week on Keeping Keep Up, Up Windsors. Windsors.